Welcome to Synergetic Culture, where we exist to provide practical and tangible content to help you build a synergetic culture. Here's the dichotomy though. Culture is formed either by design or by default. A culture by design, when adopted by the people within the culture, has a multiplying effect in the way it builds the organization and the individuals within it. And this, my friends, this is a synergetic culture. So how do we create a culture by design? What fundamentals and tactics and principles build a synergetic culture? Well, you've come to the right place. So no matter where you find yourself in your career, this podcast is for you. And with that being said, let's jump into today's episode of Synergetic Culture. Welcome to another episode of Synergetic Culture. My name is Adam Bieber, and I appreciate you listening to today's episode, which is called A Conversation with My Mom. If you looked at the title, then you saw that that is the name of today's episode. And I am so blessed and lucky enough to have my mom visiting live and in the home studio today uh, to have a conversation on the Synergetic Culture podcast. So for those of you that don't know her as mom, Heidi Bieber, welcome to Synergetic Culture. Thank you very much. It is great to be here. It's awesome to have you. I um, must say I'm I'm truly blessed because I do feel like I have one of the greatest mothers and one of the best supporters of the podcast. So thank you for listening, for supporting, for reposting and uh, for visiting um, to the, for those that don't know us very closely. Uh, we're originally from Hawaii. So mom, you and dad live in Hawaii right now and mm-hmm. um, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm, I'm uh, it's awesome to have you here visiting for a little bit. And uh, it's th- great to be here. Yeah, it's so good. And thanks for being willing to, jump on the podcast and have a, have a conversation. I feel like a lot of what I've learned over the years started with a lot of the stuff that you've uh, taught me. So I kind of want to start there if you don't mind. I, I don't mind at all. And, and thank you so much for having me, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. It's absol- a privilege. Absolutely. Absolutely. So You're very honored to be here. <laughs> You're awesome. Thank you. Um, so I started out my, uh, my first job ever that I got paid uh, to do was um, be a summer camp counselor uh, at a camp here in the Atlanta area, and Mom, you were uh, you were the director of that camp. Yes, um, it so sure was. a lot a lot of the things that we that you instilled in me and instilled in the the staff of that camp that uh, you know it's so awesome is a lot of them we're still really close with really good friends of mine. Yes, people that have journeyed through a lot of life with me. Um, and, and what's crazy is this summer makes fifteen years ago when when we started. Oh my uh, goodness. That's right. Yeah. When we started camp. So mom, tell me a little bit about, um, how you, uh, how, how you, how you lead, how you like the way your mind works, the way that you've, um, uh, led teams and some of the stuff that, that we've gotten to do together. Um, you've got a a great story, but you, you, where did it come from? Yeah. Where did it come from? And, and how did you, uh, how did you build successful teams? Um, especially with our, with our camp group. Well, I think um, just as a teacher, watching and observing leaders that I would want to follow or learn from. And so as a student teacher and um, later as a full-fledged teacher, Mm -hmm. I was blessed to 
learn from some really amazing teachers who um, planned, organized, put together, and created um, spaces in their classrooms that made kids excited to be there. Mm. And I think what made the biggest impact, it's kind of interesting because I I think you would probably say this is true. It's interesting the way God prepares us and all the little things that we do along our journey prepare us for something around the corner. And um, I participated in a program called Future Flight, which was, yes, which was a, um, it was held in the summer and it was where I learned to really, I I saw some amazing, it's run by teachers and principals, majority of them are teachers and um, Art and Reen Kimura were the head of Future Flight in Hawaii. And it was done, it was um, part of their funding was from NASA. And That's right, because it was like a science-focused camp, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, uh, everything was, but what was amazing about this is that it ran like, in, like a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything that was, organized and prepared all the planning that went in to running a successful um 10 day program it was a weekend where it was parents and and uh students second grade to fifth grade and then a week-long program during the week and then another weekend program with uh it, it was a parent and a child and what I remember the most, besides their ability to create an exciting and dynamic place where kids love learning, was that they were masters at planning, preparing, organizing. And I learned from that. And they really, they it's amazing, they handpicked teachers mm-hmm. to be there. Mm-hmm. Some of the teachers were college professors, high school teachers, middle school and elementary school. I think the majority were elementary school teachers. And these teachers were so organized that once we started, it everything just flowed together. And so um, I know... That that's what I took yeah. from being a part of that. I was going to say that kind of helped lay the foundation of kind of your style of leadership and how you prepare teams and prepare for events or yes. uh, camp activities. Yes. What's so funny about this was this was like mid nineties future flight Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, I was much younger to than I, than old enough to attend future flight. And I just remember being miserable for those 10 days because that meant my mom was going out of town uh, we grew up on Oahu, but, um, usually future flight was on a different Island. And so I remember, uh, you getting ready to leave and just being miserable. Cause I, I just didn't want my mom I to know. leave for such a long period of time. 
Um, and I didn't actually realize until we started talking about this how how influential that was for yes for how yes. you how you would later operate in in the classroom how you would uh, lead at camp how and you would over the years I have written thank you letters to them because mm. they really impacted me as a future leader yeah yeah and what's cool is to hear you talk about it I remember being. 14 years old and getting ready to start summer camp and just seeing how much preparation you put into just getting ready to train the staff, let alone have campers come on campus and start doing this seven or eight week long summer camp together. Um, one of the things that I remember um, from 15 years ago and the many, many years that we did camp was how um, intentional you were about building uh, the team of camp counselors. Um, and you used a lot of, um, uh, you kind of pieced together a lot of curriculum, a lot of stuff that you wrote, a lot of stuff that was influenced by other leaders. And I found this John Maxwell quote, cause I know you and I both love John Maxwell. And it says a leader is one who knows the way goes the way and shows the way. Yep. Yes. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Tell me more about how, how you, uh, just were able to, live that out in, in, in the camp, uh, uh, environment. Cause I have my perspective, but I'd love to hear yours. Well, I think, um, what people don't realize is really all of the planning and preparation for camp to run smoothly is done before the first day of camp. Yeah. Um, literally every craft item is counted out and labeled every, um, frame is counted and prepared and Mm -hmm. and um every bucket with activities and clorox wipes and paper towels and everything everything. yeah um and that what that is something i learned from future flight is Mm. that every every container and every item was prepared and ready for the first day of camp Mm-hmm. So that once we were up and running, yeah, we weren't thinking about materials and supplies and running things all over the place. They were there they were and there. available. Yep. And um, and I truly believe, and this is what they, it was never stated to to me this way. It's just this is what I felt. Yeah. Um. I felt I learned and then implemented that when you provide everything your team needs to be successful, yeah, and that's materials, games, activities, support, support, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Dunkin' Donut here and there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you provide for your team, when you show them that you showed up, and you prepared and organized for them for for training and for the whole summer you are setting them up for success yeah um it's i mean it's true in the classroom even with my students when i show up for them and i'm prepared i'm setting them up for success 100%. yes yeah so I, i remember um showing up for camp training and, and we would do like a week of training 
before the summer actually started, before we had campers. And so this was our opportunity to uh, do some some team development with the rest of the camp counselors and then fast forward a few years and I would be your assistant director for one of the summer camps we did in Hawaii. And I just remember being on the receiving end of that preparation and feeling like, one, I it felt so good to feel like I was accounted for, um, <coughs> that I was planned for, that I was prepared for. But it made me want to turn around and do the same thing so that when yes. the campers came that I made them feel like they were planned for, prepared for, their names on the clipboard. Everything that we've done, um, it, it kind of reciprocated down down yes. the line. And I think that that's true in organizations and in businesses where there's uh, levels up the corporate ladder. That, that, um, that practice kind of transcends every department and every level of the corporate ladder. Your, your very first... Um guest on the podcast yeah trey trey yeah he talks about the very first thing he did yep right yep is he got to know the different people on the team yeah yeah but that was also the second person that you interviewed phil yeah he said he went and met everybody on the team yep i feel like staff training when you're able to do that and you're able to set the tone mm. for the team yep. and set the tone of I have prepared for you and and I want you to know that I'm here for you as your as your leader and that together we're going to work to be effective as a team. Yeah. It's the same thing that they were talking about Trey and Phil about getting to know the team, getting to find out what makes a team what makes a team work, what makes a team connect and click. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and better understand the personalities. I mean, you would handpick, yes. you know, each 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 uh, uh, group at camp. It was led by two co counselors, and so you would pick the two people that you felt like personalities mesh, uh, skill sets mesh. <coughs> Um, you know, the, the, the effort and the quality of what they were going to bring together was a good fit. Um, that takes a lot of intentionality. I, I think about, um, something that one of my previous bosses told me, um, I've mentioned him before, his name's Tyler. And he, he and I used to talk about this all the time because he and I would either lead sales presentations together, or we'd go and speak together. And whenever we'd be prepping for that, uh, the very first time we did it together, he he reminded me of this, um, and he said, "You know, Adam, like you're you're talented, and I appreciated that." But he said, "We we have to be prepared. Yeah, you can't just go in and bank on on your talent. You have to prepare." Now, what and, is that co- quote that you gave prior preparation? Oh, oh the five P's. Yeah, yes. proper preparation prevents poor performance. Proper preparation yep. prevents I, poor performance. And, and Tyler I want would say, to even say prior yeah. proper. Yeah preparation prevents poor performance and it's so so true yep you can tell when a leader is winging it and you can tell when a leader has taken the time yep to be intentional and prepared for his team yeah or her team tyler tyler would put it like this he'd say uh preparation precedes excellence Yes. And so he, he reminded me all the time, so like when true. we would prepare, he just remember preparation precedes excellence. If right. we're going to do 
you know, luck runs out. Uh, even your raw talent yes. won't get you all the way there. When, when all of that kind of fades out of the way, your effort and your preparation are what's left. Yes. And anybody that's, that's like, I think of like athletes like Kobe Bryant, like LeBron James, like, uh, Tom Brady. I mean, all these guys have an incredible work ethic and all they do is talk about their preparation, what that yes. looks like and how they get all ready. All the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's, there's not a successful um, athlete out there that is not going to talk about all the preparation that led. Yep. You know, and sometimes I think we, we might choose to wing it here and there. Yeah, sure. Um, but I just feel like your team deserves your effort. Yeah. Your team deserves your intentionality. And of course, you're not going to be perfect every time. But if you're going to be addressing your team in a month, you know, a monthly meeting or a weekly meeting, be prepared. Yeah. You know? You know what that did for me is I feel like as I grew up and kind of learned from the way that you modeled this with camp and and seven summers of <laughs> summer camp that we did it it got me into a mindset once I got into my early career of I'm going to be as prepared as I can be to uh, be a part of whatever team um, environment I'm on. Um, you know, if I had a one-on-one with my boss, I'm showing up prepared. It remind you know, if I'm going to be a part of invited to a meeting, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to know what the meeting's about. I'm going to have my notes ready. I'm going to have something ready to take notes. Um, you know, if, if I'm going to, it just helped me to kind of build and instill that mindset. And now um, it's, it's interesting because earlier this week I was working with a couple of guys that I was training and I was talking to them about how to prepare for one-on-ones with, with their managers. And I told them, I said, as a manager, we come to these things prepared we know exactly what we want to talk about. We've reviewed the notes. We know exactly what we're digging into. There's a whole process to, for us to prepare. We expect the same from our team. We yes. expect the team to show up prepared. If I don't show up, if I'm leading a meeting and I don't show up prepared, that's a really poor look. And I feel like it devalues my voice when I get into that meeting that people aren't going to take me seriously, aren't going to listen to what I have to say because I'm winging it. And you mentioned right. it already. People know if if you're winging it. Well, it's, I think even with something as simple as a summer camp. Yeah. <coughs> it is amazing to me that for the five summers in Georgia, and then we did three summers. That's right. In Hawaii, Hawaii. Yep. And then I did two summers yeah. in Hawaii. Yeah. So you're at you're <coughs> racked up to ten at this point of just summer camps. Yes. Yeah. Running, leading, preparing summer camps. Yep. And what what I think is interesting is every when when you are prepared, right? And this I think translates even to the business world. Yeah. We started with in a, a very affluent area in Georgia, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. At one of the most 
fastest growing churches in the nation. Yep. And we started with 35 to 50 a week. Mm -hmm. And then we moved down to just, uh, I feel like the proper preparation of building and creating building and when you say blocks. Thirty-five to fifty. You mean thirty-five to fifty campers, just to set just context. campers. Yeah. Yes, campers a week yep. for seven weeks. Yep. Each year, we saw not only a retention of campers returning every year. I know. Yeah. But a retention of staff. Yep. Every year, it was eighty to eighty-five percent. Of staff returning yeah. every summer. Yep. And I feel like I can say that the proper preparation and preparing for that staff, that team, created a place where high school and college age students enjoyed working yep. for the summer. Felt valued. Felt valued, yep. felt cared for. Felt um, fulfilled a little welcome, bit. Welcome, fulfilled. Yeah. Yes, yeah, fulfilled. And I've seen that year after year. That um, by the time we left, stop. I mean, by the time we finished our fifth year with mm -hmm. this, with this camp, we had a hundred to a hundred and thirty campers every week. Yep, for the seven weeks. Um, and that summer, our our cap was, we said we we will be happy if we have a hundred every week, and yep. we exceeded the hundred every week, and we just shifted and made it happen. Yeah. Yes. I think it's so cool. Uh, the retention that you mentioned, I will say, it was not for the paycheck. Um, a right. lot of us could have got jobs at an ice cream shop or you know Starbucks and made a lot more yes. for the amount of hours that we were working. Yes. But there was something so fulfilling about being a part of a, a team like this and being able to facilitate a camp that instilled uh, strong values in young people that showed them that through activities and high ropes course and uh, just learn. I mean, I talked about the trust fall. I think it was last week um, on the podcast that there's just things that um, we were able to help lead and instill in the young campers that made it magnetic for us. We and all I, wanted to come I back. I would have keep parents working. every summer say, where did you handpick these young adults? Yeah. Where did you get these amazing adults and I want to say that because there was prior preparation mm -hmm. by by our entire um, by the interns and our our leadership team for the entire camp staff team, yeah, that we were able to create a culture, yep, of of just joy and excitement and um the just the ability as a high school you know junior sophomore junior senior to be able to empower impact influence inspire five to ten year olds yeah i mean it was it was amazing to watch. You and I were just talking about it because we're not going to name names here on the podcast, but we were talking about people that it's like they stepped into it. It, it, it almost seemed as if it unlocked 
their leadership. It unlocked their uh, abilities that they didn't realize they had. Um, yes. it, being put in that position, being trusted with uh, to, to lead a group of campers and to facilitate what we did. It did a lot for me personally. And what's, what's awesome is um, I mentioned it already. I still have super strong relationships with a lot of the people that we worked with. I'm I mean, in a, I mean, I'm in a, wedding. a wedding. I was about yeah. to say, I'm in a wedding this weekend for one of my best friends in the entire world. And he and I met because we, we were camp counselors together. Worked in a camp, yes. yes. And what's funny is his sister worked for camp and she just mentioned like, Hey, do you need any more guys? An extra hand. And my brother's sitting at home this summer and yeah. then he showed up and... And he never left. Nope. I know. I know. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. He, we're going on 14 years of friendship. Friendship. Yeah. And, um, and, and he's walked through a lot of life with me and it's, uh, you know, large part due to camp. Something else, I think, um, to pivot a little bit that I felt like was a huge part of developing such a unique, strong culture with our team was, um, the attitude, there was a couple of attitudes that I'm, I'm reflecting on. One was just um, uh, selfless uh, servant, servanthood, just yes. servant's heart, uh, giving extra. Like we went out of our way to help each other. Yes. Um, there weren't a lot of selfish acts when it came to working together as a, a camp counselor group. And, and I mean, you know, when you're working with a bunch of hormonal high school kids high school kids yeah yeah um we might have been a little bit more incentivized to help the the girls out that's for sure <laughs> i won't lie but i think um <laughs> being able to just encourage them yeah. that you are here for these campers yep and your impact is huge yeah and i think you quickly realize um because as a camp counselor you were you were their teacher. Yep. You were their leader. You were their coach. Uh, coach. Yeah. You were their um, director. Yep. You were the the doctor, the nurse, caring for their boo boos. You know, you you were there for them and for um, I just I guess being able to communicate and be able to remind the staff you're there for them. Yep. You're not here to hook up. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. We uh we had this uh, hard fast rule that no dating. No uh, dating one another. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, but it was it. I mean, really, it was really, really a wonderful kind of time period. Sure. Yeah. In our lives. Um, you know what I what I just remembered. Um. It was remarkable. Um, the first time I really realized the impact that we had on the kids, um, I don't even know if I fully grasped it the first year because I was still so young. The second year, I got a handwritten note from one of the parents. And oh, wow. I remember, ex I think I still have it. Um, That's awesome. And it was from a single mom. And it means more now that I'm a single parent. Uh, just the, the impact, but it was from a single mom. I had had her son now two years in a row and she wrote a let a note and it just said, 
and I'm 15 years old when I get this note. So yeah. I have no idea what, and I blessed enough to have both mom and dad at home and great parents. So I didn't have any context for what a single parent would be going oh, through, goodness. especially a young yes. boy who doesn't have a strong male figure in his life. And the note was just, thank you so much for a great summer. My son really enjoyed being a part of the group. It means a lot to me for him to have such strong, uh, uh, Male role, Male models. role models for him to look up to. Thank yeah. you for the impact you had. And I was like, what the, what? Yeah. I had no yeah. clue. Um, and now what's remarkable is we're, you know, 15, 14, 13, you know, years removed from this time in our lives. And some of those campers that we had um, are graduating high school in college, about to graduate college. And for them to talk about their experience and what it meant to them is so, so, so cool. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, we, we, we also had a hard and fast rule about negativity and gossip. Yeah. That's a huge one because when I, I've never really been in another, uh, environment or culture where gossip was, um, not a part of it. And it's a really hard, um, thing to, uh, avoid or right. push back against. Right. Um, how do you, because I, you know, preparation is huge. Um, you know, the way that we worked with our team and, and, and built the, 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 the attitude of service and helping each one another and just that positivity, but how do you combat, uh, gossip? Because that really, I've seen it. It's, it's toxic. It'll right. really destroy a culture of a team. Well, we were lucky enough that it was a faith be faith based camp. Sure, yeah. Um, and but if it's not a faith based camp, yeah, or organization, or yes, yeah. or it's just a business or organization, yeah. it is vitally important for the voice of the team leader. Mm-hmm. You know, there's probably, you know, there could be leaders above them or. But if you are a leader and you have people on your team, they need to hear from you. They need to know your voice. Mm -hmm. And so we were lucky enough to be able to meet every single morning. Yeah. You know, you know, as we opened up our day, um, I did a lot of reading from. Um, John Maxwell has a, a devotional Yeah, that's just a one-page leadership uh, information that you could, you could read. Um, but, I mean, I know that it's some, biz- you know, business things you're not, but able to do a faith-based thing. Yeah. Um, if, if at all possible in your job that you have five minutes to just, hey team, um, I'm thinking about you today. I know you guys have a lot on your plate. Um, remember to do one, two, three, whatever that is. Yeah. But if you're able, I, I know that that is how we built our culture was that we took 15 minutes every day sat on the floor as a team in a circle facing each other, giving a quick devotional 
on or just some type of like leadership development. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um on leadership or encouragement or on mindset. Yeah. We went, you know, that now I know that in a business format, I don't know if you're able to do that now that you're a yeah. leader. So yeah. Yeah, I have I have daily daily team meetings, um, just quick level sets where yeah, we, we have objectives, long. we have stuff that we're going over, but there's margin and time for me to be intentional about the way that I communicate. I think like one of the things I noticed is um you and and whoever were the the assistant directors um uh before me, um we never, we never want, not only would you say, Hey guys, we don't, we don't gossip while we're here. Right. But you all, you all didn't actively gossip. So it made it, you know, we, we, you, you modeled it well. Um, and then I think we just had a lot of bold leaders that if we heard it, we would call it out in each other. Yes. And, um, that's uncomfortable. I, I remember uncomfortable conversations. And since this was a, a, a camp that I was very young and started working at, I worked at camp with a lot of my siblings. And there were times where I got called out by my own siblings. Uh, hey, that's right. not what we do at camp. You know, right. that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, shout out to my siblings. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think that, that that played a huge, a huge part in, in developing that culture. Um, leading by example. Um, finding ways to elevate and build the team, not just yes. saying we're not going to gossip, right. but instead we're going to build each other up and yes. modeling that. Yes. Um, and doing it on a consistent, regular basis. And as a leader, I feel like it's so vital and important that you are, you know, you were talking about the gossip and all that. It It is up to you to lift up, edify, build up your team. Yeah. And encouragement goes, we've talked about this before, goes a very long way. Yeah. And so I think it's so important that as a leader, that that is something that is done often. Um, there's a Bible verse that talks about to not withhold goodness or blessing if yeah. it's deserved. Absolutely. Um, And so, but I mean, that works in parenting it works in a classroom as a teacher it works in in a business right and so yeah. if you are like you said modeling that you know that encouragement and the the language and the attitude and the mindset if you're modeling all those things and encouraging your team with that um and it's not just the words you say, but it's how you do things, yep. like you said. Yep. It's the way you talk to your staff. I mean, there's times where you have to be firm and correct them. Yeah, have hard conversations for sure. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, you know that I've had them. Yes. But, um, yeah, we were just talking about a time when I had to talk to you about something. But <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Yes. Yes, we were. <laughs> but, um. If you're not treating your team with respect and care, then you can't expect that to be happening in your culture. Yeah. You model what you want your culture to be. And you it it seems like oh, so simple. We just model it and use it daily and 
practice it and yeah. you know verbally give that positive information write notes in you know to our team oh okay i'll just do that and you think it can't be that easy but it is that easy it yeah. is a formula yeah and it does work yeah i think there's something remarkable <laughs> that happens to the culture of a team when everybody's treated with care and respect and the leader leads with high expectations, high standards and models what they're, what they're asking of their team. Yes. Um, that combination creates a really synergetic culture. We had a very, before the definition of synergetic culture was birthed, that's what we were doing was creating that my new year's resolution a couple of years ago. And I try to model it is, um, after that verse, but if I think of encouragement or think of something positive about somebody to not just let that thought stay in my mind, but to actually tell that person that positive, encouraging thing that I think about, um, even if it's something so simple as, you know, Hey, I really like the way that you, you said that, or I like, I like the way you worded that email. I, I did that earlier today. Hey, that was a fantastic email you wrote. Thanks for copying me on it. It looked awesome. You don't like, realize what those words of encouragement do for others yeah. who may not get, get very, you know, get a lot of it, yeah. you know, but it inspires, it inspires those on your team to want to do well and to want to carry out the purpose and to want to do their very best yeah. for the advancement of, the business, whatever yeah. organization it is. Yeah. Well, and and so on that note, I think a lot of what Synergetic Culture is today is in huge part to the investment and encouragement and leadership that you imparted on me. So to wrap wow, up, Adam, thank, thank you. you very much, Mom, for everything that you've done for me and um, how you've impacted this podcast without even fully realizing it. Um, it's, it's amazing. Um, I, a lot of who I am is attributed to the woman sitting across from me. So synergetic culture, I know you can't hear people clapping, but hats off and, and Thank uh, you, applause Adam. to you. And, um, I'm as your mom, so proud of you. And, uh, I know that, um, there's a lot in store for you in the future as you continue to share and encourage and inspire other leaders to build a synergetic culture. Well, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mom, for, for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Tune in next week for another amazing episode of Synergetic Culture. We hope you guys have a great day. Um, a quick shout-out to my hubby, Jeff Beaver. <laughs> yeah, shout-out to Dad. And all my other kids, Kiana, Kayla, Andrew, and Adam, and all their spouses, and to my seven grandchildren. What about Noah? Um, I said. Kiana, Kayla, Andrew, Adam, Noah. Oh, Noah. Yeah, they're significant others. <laughs> Noah, you're just going to kill me. <laughs> I love you, son. <laughs> Noah was and, on the podcast. He's, yes. he's gotten the love. Yeah. And, um, and the seven and grandkids. Seven grandkids. Yeah. yeah. We love leaders and we love encouraging leaders. And we do this because of all of our 
Biebers to, to come. Yeah. Well, thanks for impacting generations. You're loved, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. And like I said, tune in next week for another great episode. We appreciate you listening. Thanks, folks. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more about Synergetic Culture, we invite you to go to SynergeticCulture.com. Sign up to receive our weekly podcast and blog, and then connect with us on social media. We want to be connected to you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe to the podcast and then share our show with the people around you so they too can build a synergetic culture. This episode was written and recorded by Adam Bieber, founder and CEO of Synergetic Culture. Synergetic Culture is a registered trademark of Adam Bieber and the Synergetic Culture Company.